but we're gonna dive into we're gonna dive into John. Um, it was probably three weeks ago the last time that we actually had service service. Uh, no, four weeks ago because we had a really small group, so we went out and we ate, and then the next week we took off because it was Christmas week, and then last week was our um, our New Year's Eve's Eve party, and so the last time we were actually in the book of John it was literally four weeks ago, uh, and we're in John chapter 20, um, and we are coming to the end, rapidly we are coming to the close uh, of our I Saw the Light series through the book of John. Uh, we started in August of 2014, and uh, we have been slowly but steadily cruising along through the book of John. Uh, and I know I have been uber, uh, just like uber, 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 that's a lot of ubers, uh, which means very blessed um, by the book of John thus far, um, and what we've seen as we look through the eyes of the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing down the things which he had uh, seen and heard and witnessed. And there's a verse that we're going to come to at the very end uh, of this uh, passage. It's kind of been our theme verse throughout this entire study. Um, but it says this. Um, uh, it's actually two verses, verses 30 and 31 of, of chapter 20. And they say this. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the, uh, in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And, and it's been just really inspiring and encouraging to me uh, just to, to look at the narrative of Jesus' life, uh, the story uh, of, of this man from eternity. Uh, we see in the books of Luke and of Matthew with this genealogy of Jesus uh, as he was born to Mary and Joseph. But here in John, we saw this genealogy of in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And so we see this, the eternality of Jesus, and then him taking on flesh and walking among us. And, and just to see the lives that were changed and transformed uh, in, in this book, um, it's just it's it's very encouraging because the, the same Jesus that walked on Earth nearly two thousand years ago, who changed these lives, is the same uh, Jesus who who we have within us, and we can uh, see lives being changed. He changes our lives. He he said it's better that I leave so that I can send you my Holy Spirit. And now that we have the Holy Spirit uh, taking up residence inside of us, receiving the Holy Spirit, and then having the Holy Spirit come upon us and empowering us to be witnesses, uh, we can see those those lives changed in the same ways. And so uh, it's just really exciting. And uh, the song that we just sang, In Christ Alone, um, that, that, that third verse where it talks about um, then bursting forth in glorious light up from the rose, uh, up from the grave he rose, uh, up from the roses he was in the rose garden. He was buried in a garden, but uh, um, it's, it's just cool. We saw the resurrection uh, four weeks ago uh, when we were in John, uh, John chapter 20 in the first part uh, of, this, of this when we see Mary... Uh, Magdalene there in the garden uh, and she's like oh my goodness she's gone she's freaking out she runs back she tells the disciples Peter and John lace up their their Nikes and they just go on a sprint against each other uh, and, and we know that Peter was probably a little bit out of shape and heavy set biblically because uh, it says the other disciple beat him there and uh, outran him they were head to head but John outran him uh, which is kind of convenient 
in that uh, John's writing the book, so of course he's going to write that he was the fastest. He's like, I'm the coolest disciple, I'm the one Jesus loved, and I'm also the fastest. Uh, so I'm pretty cool. Um, and it makes sense, because scholars would say John was probably about 14 by the time he was uh, a disciple uh, and following Jesus. So this young 14-year-old mindset of, I'm going to race everyone. I know I was 14 uh, one time, as we all were. And uh, I don't know how it was for the ladies at 14, uh, but for the guys at 14, it was it was uber competitive, and uh, and we just wanted to conquer everything, and uh, <laughs> the ladies blocking out 14. That's funny. Uh, but now we pick up. Now we pick up in a uh, in verse uh, 19 of chapter 20, and we're gonna read all the way through the end. And then I just have a few, just a few thoughts um, on this. And since it's a small group, then we can just kind of maybe go after this uh, or, or spend some time talking. Uh, just what what we see uh, in Scripture here uh, and what it maybe means to us. But this is what it says, picking up in verse 19 of the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands in his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I like the, the King James, the Old English, it says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. That's kind of a cool phrase. But we don't say that anymore, but it sounds cooler. Uh, verse 23 says this, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, I'm going to stop real quick. Because um, what we just experienced here uh, is we've experienced the very first Easter service. Uh, it says on the same day, this is Resurrection Sunday. The first day of the week means Sunday. We see the resurrection of Jesus, and now, for whatever reason, the disciples have gathered together here, either hiding or or, or um, just hanging out. They're like, Jesus is gone. We don't know what's happening, but our lives are probably going to be taken because they think we kidnapped them. So they're hiding here because of the Jews, uh, and, and Jesus shows up in their midst. And, uh, and the disciples not only see Jesus, um, but Jesus commissions them and says, uh, just as my Father has sent me, sent me to the world to seek and to save the lost, I am now sending you into the world. And then he breathes on them and he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And uh, the disciples receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit taking up residence inside of them. Uh, up until this point, the Holy Spirit has been a, a, a um, has been drawing men to God, has been inspiring the writers of the Old Testament, gave Jesus power for his ministry, but this is the first time we see Jesus' followers uh, receive the Holy Spirit in them. Uh, and, and now we, uh, as, as followers of Christ, when we read uh, the writings of Paul uh, and the other epistles, uh, we see that when we receive Jesus, when we give our heart to the Lord, we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, but then there's that Acts 1-8, that second uh, empowering and enduing of the Holy Spirit's power where he comes upon us. And so Jesus, he says, receive the Holy Spirit, but wait in Jerusalem a little bit longer until the promise comes. But we're not in the book of Acts. That was two summers ago. We're in John. Um, so someone of the disciples, however, was missing. 
Um, we pick up here in verse 24. Now Thomas, called the twin of one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. Or it says the other disciple, this being John, uh, says, We have seen the Lord. And so he said to them, Unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. So now we're talking Monday, the following week. Uh, and Jesus came, even though the doors were shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Reach, put your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach with your hand where uh, they here, and put it into my side. Uh, do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, and God, that you just you you reveal to us the motives and the intents of our heart through your word. Uh, God, I just pray that tonight uh, we would learn uh, from, from Thomas, that we would learn, uh, God, just from this portion of scripture and that we would be inspired uh, and just built up in our most holy faith uh, as we look at how perfect your word is. Um, so God, we just thank you uh, and we praise you in your son's name we pray. Amen. So the interns uh, and myself and Pastor Dave every every Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesdays is like the power pack Bible day. It's super fun. We get together uh, at 845 uh, every Tuesday at Sherry's uh, over a pretty bad cup of coffee but it's still coffee yeah multiple cups they just keep bringing them out um which is a nice thing about sherry's or denny's pay two dollars for unlimited coffee uh, but it's not very good coffee so i would not recommend paying two dollars for unlimited bad coffee um but we, we we've been going through <laughs> we've been going through the book of psalms uh, in chapter 119 in, in specific, uh, when we read uh, Psalm 119, it's broken down into the into sections, uh, all based off of uh, the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and we've been spending a lot of time, we've been in 119 uh, since July, uh, and we do memory verses from it. So we memorize two to three verses from Psalm 119 every week. Uh, it's a blast. And, and we this week we were reading, um, and I think it was uh, Psalm 119, uh, verse 160, uh, it says this, that uh, all of your word is true. All of your word is true. And the precepts of the Lord endure forever. And, and it's, it's just super cool um, to know that, that all of the words contained within the Bible are true. We're told in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that um, the word of God is, is God-breathed. Uh, and, and it is... Um, usable by us for teaching, for reproof, for correction, uh, and, and for doctrine, and all these things. But that this is the inspired word of God, and, and we can take it to the bank. Everything that it says is true. Uh, I follow, and I would encourage you if you're ever on Facebook, how many of you guys just Facebook troll? Like, you don't actually go on Facebook for any purpose, but just to scroll? Anyone else do that? Yeah, I do that. Uh, I think the I think the official term is troll. I don't know, but uh, uh, no, it's not. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, uh, is troll a bad thing? I'm not tech savvy, so no, there we go. Uh, but uh, it's not like bad. It's just like you, if you troll someone, like, you like freak them out. 
Okay, well, I think. Is that trolling? Subtly making fun of him. I thought it was like trick him or joke him or something. So, in other words, when I scroll, no, there's a page on Facebook that I think y'all can follow. It's Biblical Archaeology Magazine, and it's really cool because there's. Like, just every month, there's new archaeological digs. You guys are all laughing at me because that's super nerdy of me, but I love it. Taylor's got the biggest smile ever. He's like, ha, ah! <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, But I love it. It's so cool. And, like, for, like, the last uh, two years that I've been following it, it's like, we just uncovered this in blah, 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 Middle East, and it has a name inscribed on it that uh, is the first time we've ever seen it mentioned outside of the Bible, and it dates back 4,000 years. What the awesome! Like that's so cool that like archaeology is proving the Bible and, and and is the things that people have said. Well, the Bible talks about that, but that's not even real. That's like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars stuff. They just made up those names. We're finding them now in clay pottery that, that, that's in a different region, and it's like whoa, that speaks of this king of this region, and it's just super cool. And so we can take God's word to the bank. But one of the things that has been criticized by critics and skeptics. Uh, the most uh, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, and it is, uh, for us as followers of Christ, this is quintessential. It's a big word. Uh, it's quintessential to our, and it's paramount to our belief in Jesus Christ and, and, and the tenets of Christianity. We believe that Christ rose from the dead. Paul tells us that if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then it's foolishness. We're just a bunch of knuckleheads going around like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, that <laughs> you guys trolling me now? <laughs> uh, the, the, we're just lunatics because Jesus rose from the dead, and, in the, and there's power in the resurrection. But that we kind of talked a little bit about that four weeks ago, and we're not going to dive too much into that. If you're taking notes, it's going to be super short, so... Probably not going to take notes. Um, <laughs> super chill. Um, but the title of tonight's message is A Skeptic and a Savior. And we're going to look at uh, one skeptic um, who was who was an early uh, skeptic but wasn't a skeptic for very long. How many of you guys are ever skeptical about things? I, uh, I put my prescription in. Uh, I had a prescription, put it in at Rite Aid today. And they're like, well, it's going to take 15 minutes to fill. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to walk around. So I walk around Rite Aid, and you'll be amazed the things you find at Rite Aid. Uh, first off, it's pretty cheap stuff, which is not bad, um, but they have like this as seen on TV section, mm-hmm. and where it's like they like talk about how like this is going to revolutionize the way you wake up, and it's like, huh? And they just have like it's kind of cool. There's like an alarm clock that like does backflips, and you have to like go catch it as it's hiding in your room, and it's like, oh, that's super cool. But I'm like super skeptical if that's actually gonna do anything good. Uh, then there's like the one um, like Rogaine, uh, and not not Rogaine, uh, the, the 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 Bosley's hair replacement can like uh, spray hair. Uh, I'm just a little bit like skeptical about that. Uh, then I moved over because I. Uh, I'm trying to get a little more fit, and I went over to the the supplement section. Um, and when you start reading some of the things that they claim these pills do, it's just it's very very skeptical. And I feel bad for the people who are just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get a six pack in five days if I take these pills, because there's the little thing down on the bottom that says none of these statements are approved by the FDA. So it's like they can say whatever they want. If they put that little asterisk there. So I was just, I'm super skeptical about all those things. And so uh, I didn't buy any. Um, and I left and I was happy. Um, but uh, 
when it comes to being skeptical about dietary supplements versus being skeptical about uh, the resurrection of Christ, there's a big contrast. And, and, and Christ's resurrection has been um, criticized by scholars uh, for years. Uh, they like to talk about how, um, well, the story of the resurrection didn't take traction until oh, a few hundred years after the fact. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal to them back then. But that's not the case whatsoever. Uh, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, picking up in verse 3, uh, Paul is now talking about how Christ has risen from the dead. Uh, and he says this, For I delivered to you first of all that, uh, that which I also have received. So, so Paul's saying, I'm teaching you what eyewitnesses have already told me that says this Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to scripture so Paul's declaring it as truth but then he goes on to say and he had been seen by Cephas or Peter uh, and by the twelve, after that, he was seen by uh, over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part still remain to the present. Some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by his brother James, and then by all of the apostles, and then last of all, by me, uh, as someone who was born out of time. Um, the crazy thing about all this is, uh, when it comes to history, I got a degree in history, uh, and when something is historically accurate, it means that it had, uh, in, in order for something to be historically accurate, it had to have eyewitnesses. And there had to be, uh, I forget what the exact number of eyewitnesses, but they're like, if two people saw it, it could have been like Bigfoot, so maybe not real. But if like 1,500 people saw it, it it's definitely real. For all the Bigfoot <laughs> believers, yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. I believe in Bigfoot. Don't, don't, don't troll on me. Don't troll on me. Bigfoot's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, he helps Han Solo fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, um, but... Uh, maybe Bigfoot's a troll. You never know. I'm just joking. Um, continuing on. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, so Jesus is seen by, by over 500 people uh, in these 40 days he ascends after his resurrection so like the fact that jesus rose from the dead was not a highly disputed even fact amongst the first century um well these 500 plus disciples uh we see the 12 so that's 512 we see mary magdalene and the other mary so that's we're putting it like 518 then we see his brother james and then uh all the other apostles which could be a list of 72 could be a list of 120 that were in the upper room so we see that Jesus was seen by well over 600 people. Uh, forgot to add the guys who were on the road to Emmaus. That's two more, 602. Like, Jesus was seen by so many people, and word spread that Jesus is back. Here's the crazy thing. He had a guard of uh, 16 Roman soldiers outside the tomb. He's no longer in the tomb. The stone's been broken, and these soldiers all got knocked out. Um, pretty sure... They're not going around saying, yeah, I don't know what happened, uh, but, yeah, he's still there. He's still there. No, these guys, yeah. they knew something happened. 
And so people like to say that it was a hoax. People like to say uh, that they hid the body uh, and they claimed he rose. But all the things, what did the disciples have to gain if the resurrection did not occur? Why would they, uh, I mean, was it for financial gain? No, because they all end up losing rather than gaining from the death and the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus rises from the dead, where they go from there, uh, they actually go from bad to worse, uh, and the persecution goes up. Then it's like, what do they have to gain uh, from a religious standpoint? Uh, Jesus was the one who was doing all of the ministry, uh, and so if now he's uh, if he's dead, um, they're like, okay, now we've lo- we got to go find a new job. Everything he said, he, the way he leaded, now we're gone. Um, but if Jesus rises, it brings purpose back uh, to the disciples. And so there's so many things that we could go down and talk about, um, just the, the evidences for, for uh, how we know Christ uh, did, in fact, rise from the dead. Um, not only biblically, but extra-biblically. We have uh, the first century uh, historian Josephus, who lived about uh, 40 years after Jesus. He wrote in his Histories of the Jews that there was a group uh, there in in the mid-30s AD that broke off from mainstream Judaism, and they were those who followed this man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This is a historical document, not written by a Christian, actually written by a Jew who for all intents and purposes, would not believe in Jesus' teaching, but he says they were followers of Jesus of Nazareth who rose from the dead. Just nonchalantly drops that in his expose. And it's like, wait, what? And and then we see uh, historians uh, that are Roman historians. They're writing in the mid-2nd century who are like, yeah, there's these followers. Now they're all the way in Rome. They follow this guy named Christos who they said rose from the dead. Boom. Okay. And there's no questions like brought up about like, wait, is that not weird? Like, and, and, and so there wasn't a whole lot of... I don't think he rose from the dead. Like, people were like, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. It's kind of cool. And uh, and so it was just as time went on that people began to doubt it because we see that uh, if you ever watched the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, that I, I butcher this every time, but but seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Is that what he says? Yeah, yeah he says that. Uh, boom. And so uh, the, the, the people, if they can't see it, it's harder for them to believe. Uh, that's why people don't believe in Bigfoot because they don't see him. Uh, I've seen pictures of him, guys. He's there. The Loch Ness monster. He's there. Uh, no, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm enough on my cryptozoology. I wanted to be when I was in sixth grade. Little bonus nugget of Matt Morris trivia. When I was in sixth grade, I wanted to be a cryptozoologist. I thought it was so cool, cryptozoology. And then when I got to uh, my freshman year of high school, I wanted to be a world-renowned poultry chef. Uh, but then God, then God got a hold of my life, and I'm doing something a lot better. Um, so now we're here at Thomas. Why was Thomas gone? I don't know. My guess is Thomas was probably terrified, and he's hiding in some closet. Uh, Jesus has risen from the dead. Rumors are now beginning to spread, and he's like, I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my life. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're going to think I was a part of this. I'm going to lose my life. Maybe he's terrified because he's like, I don't know. I got to go back to fishing school because I just wasted three years of my life with this guy who let me down. And so Thomas is not here. Something profound takes place. We mentioned it earlier uh, at, at this meeting, but Jesus gives his disciples the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them and says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Thomas wasn't there. 
and I, this just hit me as, as Dan and I were actually driving the car today. I, I, I've read this story more times than I can count. I've taught on it at least once or twice. I've heard it taught on many times. And uh, it, it hits me. Thomas doubts, and Thomas has not received the Holy Spirit. And so it makes me wonder about just the condition of his heart uh, pre-Holy Spirit, because we know that the world without the Holy Spirit uh, is pretty uh, crass towards God's Word and towards Christianity, and it's pretty shut off to it. But when the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside, that's when He begins to unfold the truth and reveal Scripture. And so that's that's a thought that I'm going to just mull over in my head uh, for the next time we go through the Book of John, uh, which will be who knows when. But um, I, it, it's just interesting to me. But Thomas, Thomas gets a bad rap in uh, much of Christian teaching. Uh, he's got a nickname, Doubting Thomas. Uh, that's kind of a bummer. He didn't really get a chance to defend himself because he didn't write anything. Uh, but but everyone else is like, yeah, it's Doubting Thomas. You know, like remember the story where Jesus is telling the parable and then Peter and John and James are like, yeah, that's great, man. Jesus, you're so cool. And then Jesus is like looking around. I'm totally, this is this is the Matt version. Uh, but Jesus is looking around, and he's just like, wait, what? And Thomas is like, Jesus, um, explain what you said, because none of us have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and like all the other disciples are like, Thomas, shut your mouth. We want to look at the master's eyes. And Jesus is like, thank you. I knew none of you knew what I was talking about. This is what I mean. And like, so they like throw Thomas on the wayside, just like, you're a dork. Why did you say that? But he said what everyone was thinking. And, and, and here... Thomas just does what any normal person would do. He's like, okay, is this like magic? I mean, I, it, we're told throughout the Gospels that they didn't understand Jesus when he was saying about like, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it again. It says, after he had risen, then they understood this. So he's like in the state, Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead, and now you're telling me he's alive? I'm not going to believe unless I can touch him. That's not very bad to say. He's just normal. But John says, dude, you got to hang out with us more often. He's probably going to come back. Thomas is like, all right, I'll hang out with you more often. I'm not going to go look for a job. You say he's back. And so uh, Jesus shows up. And it took me, it, I, I probably read through this three times uh, this afternoon, because I had always in my mind, and I don't know if I saw like a cartoon of this when I was like in Sunday school, but I always had in my mind that like Thomas says to Jesus, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch you. And I always, that, that that's just what I thought, where like Jesus was in the room and Thomas is telling all the disciples, yeah, man, I ain't going to believe. And then he turns around and Jesus is right there. He's like, oh, like, because that's how it is in all the cartoons and in the flannel graphs and stuff. But it says here that, that Thomas was not with them and he talks to John. And then eight days later, they're in the room and Jesus shows up and Jesus says the very thing that Thomas said he needed proof eight days earlier, which just goes to prove his divinity and his omnipotent uh, and all-knowing uh, power that Jesus knew these things that Thomas was saying in probably a one-on-one -on -one conversation with John as they're walking to and fro. What's up, you guys? Come on in. Um, and, and, and so it's just, it, it's really interesting, and it's just so cool that Jesus, uh, Jesus meets us where we're at. Um, Come on in, you guys. We're circling up. We normally don't circle up, but uh, it was a small group tonight, so so we we hit the circle. Uh, welcome. 
so so just to catch to catch you guys up, uh, Jesus is risen from the dead. Uh, he, he's appeared to he's a, he, he he's appeared to his uh, he's appeared to the disciples, but Thomas wasn't with him. Uh, and now Thomas is uh, Thomas just told John he's like, dude, I don't I don't believe that Jesus is risen from the dead yet. Like I need proof. Uh, and then he's hanging out eight days later, and Jesus shows up. Uh, and Jesus says to Thomas the very things that Thomas said he needed as proof, uh, which just goes to show that Jesus meets us where we're at. Uh, Jesus doesn't call us to a place of um, crazy amount of, you can't have a relationship with me until you reach these standards. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't, he doesn't say, well, if you make it halfway, then we'll talk. No, Jesus meets us where we're at. We talked uh, at our staff briefing this morning uh, about the woman who was caught in adultery. We, we looked at it a few months ago in the book of John, but uh, she's caught in the very act. She's dragged naked before Jesus, and this woman is just completely embarrassed and like shame everything. Uh, people have rocks in their hands. They're about to stone her, and they say, Jesus, like the law tells us to kill this girl because she did this. What do you say? And Jesus doesn't even respond to them. Doesn't even respond. And and what he does is he gets down on his knee and he meets this girl where she's at. He gets down in the dirt and he says, hey, I don't accuse you. Where are your accusers? She looks up. She says, there's none, Lord. And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. That's the cool thing about Jesus. That's the cool thing about our Savior. Uh, because we can be very skeptical at times about the things that he says, the promises that he has. But he says, I'm going to meet you where you're at, and then we're going to move forward from here. He doesn't say, I don't accuse you of this sin, but you remember the sins of yesterday, the sins before that, before that, before that. You better go get those straightened up, then come and talk to me. No, he says, I don't accuse you. Go and sin no more. Jesus, when Jesus shows up in our life, our past yeah, it still shaped us, but Jesus says, go and sin no more. Our past does not define us. Our past is a part of who we are, but it does not define us. Jesus defines us, and it's that defining moment when Jesus says, go and sin no more. When Jesus says, here, reach out, touch me, believe in me. And when we believe, Jesus says, go, go, and he, and he sends us from there. Um, and it's just, it's really cool um, for me that, that, that Thomas looks and he says, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God. He saw the risen Savior, and, and, and he, he's been transformed from a skeptic uh, into a believer, uh, from someone who was critical into someone who uh, is now um, just on fire for the Lord. Um, history tells us uh, that Thomas goes from here. Uh, we're told in the book of Acts that the disciples draw straws for where they're going to go, uh, who's going to go to what region, what region, what region to be missionaries. Thomas got like the short straw again. Uh, he gets the bad rap from everyone. He also has to travel the furthest. Uh, Thomas ends up going all the way to India, uh, which that's a big travel back then. Um, I mean, that means he has to go through uh, Roman Persia, he has to go through Persian Persia, and then he has to go from there, cross over some mountain ranges, down through a jungle. The very soldiers that live in that jungle are the very same soldiers who sent Alexander the Great back to Greece because they were too like warrior-like. Um, and Thomas goes to them, and Thomas says, hey, I got this good news about this guy. I didn't believe that he had risen. You probably don't even believe that he was a person, but 
God could change a doubting man so that I could come change a doubting nation. And Thomas ends up radically rocking uh, the, this region of India. He's killed for his faith, um, but we see this region of, of India that is still a Christian region of India today uh, as the second earliest Christian nation in the history of humanity. And, and, and that was all started because a man who doubted God met him where he was at. Jesus said, go, and he went. And so to each and all of us, um, no matter where you are in your life, uh, whether things are great, whether things are in between, whether things, if you're really honest, they suck, uh, Jesus meets you where you're at. And, and he wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to have a relationship with you. He says, believe in me. And then he says, go. And what are we going to do? If God can use the doubter of the doubters to change a nation, what can God do uh, through you? And Jesus says this to Thomas. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen me, yet they believe. We said it a few weeks ago. Um, man, it would be awesome to live with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to see Jesus' ministry. But actually, Jesus said, it's better that I leave so that you can have the Holy Spirit. Once again, here we see that, yeah, Thomas, that's cool. You see Jesus, so you believe in him. But those who have not seen, yet still believe, those who have faith, they are blessed. And and I don't know about you. Actually, I've got a pretty good feeling about all, uh, almost all you guys here. Um, but do we want to be blessed in our life? Like, I think we want the blessings of God in our life. Um if for the most insignificant thing we just want to have better outcomes to our situations, yeah, I want to be blessed. But it's so much more than that. So much more than that. Jesus didn't come for uh, the modification of once being. He, he came to modify the heart and transform our character from the inside out. Um, but we are blessed for believing in Jesus even though we have not yet seen him. He goes on to say this in verses 30 and 31, which we opened with. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. We're told later on in the book of John uh, that Jesus did even more. And there's not enough paper in the planet to write down all the things Jesus did. When, when you compare the four Gospels, we see these different stories of what Jesus did. When you look at the epistles, uh, we, we maybe get one or two other little glimpses in there of, of some things Jesus did. And all of that is just so minuscule compared to what he did in his ministry and what he has done by sending his Holy Spirit for the last 2,000 years of, of, of Christianity. Uh, God has done amazing things, and the stories continue, the stories continue. And it, John tells us that these things were written down that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, is the Christ, and is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life, new life, resurrection life in the name of Jesus. And so I just want to encourage uh, all of you guys, um, no matter where you are in, in your walk of faith, whether you're a new believer, uh, you've recently said, I want to follow Jesus, maybe you're just intrigued by Jesus and you want to learn more about Jesus, or maybe you've been someone who grew up in church and uh, you, you, you've heard it all about Jesus before. Um, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with each and every single one of us that's why he showed up to thomas 
the very things that he said, that the Thomas said, I need these. Jesus says, hey, here you go. Touch my hand. Touch my side. Believe, believe, believe. Jesus is very personal, uh, and he is still that personal to us today. And his Holy Spirit has been drawing men unto him. And, and, and if we just believe in Jesus, Book of Romans tells us that if we uh, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, there's that resurrection side and that he's Christ, then we are saved. And then we're told this Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. So I just want to encourage you guys. Next week, uh, we're going to be done with the book of John. We're going to do all of John chapter 21 next week, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but when we move forward, uh, as as we look at some redemption for Peter next week, and then as we go on in the weeks and the months to come, uh, as, as we dive into new studies, um, I just want us to be reminded uh, by John's words in verse 31, but these things were written so that you may believe. The whole of Scripture, we're told in Psalm uh, chapter 44 that the whole of the book is about me, says the Lord. So every single page of Scripture is about Jesus, and, and, and is showing us and telling us and revealing to us the, the attributes, the characteristics, the love that our Savior has for us. And so know that these things were written down so that we may believe. I mean, even his brother, his brother James, uh, who Paul told us Jesus met up with, I don't know if they got coffee one day uh, after he rose from the dead, but... James didn't believe Jesus was God. James thought his older brother was crazy. We're told earlier in the book of John that James and his other brothers and Mary, they see Jesus teaching in this, in this outdoor area, and they're like, Jesus, be quiet. You're like embarrassing our family. And Jesus is like, this is my family. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> but Jesus meets up with James, and James goes on to lead the church in Jerusalem, gives his heart for the Lord. He, we're told in, in the works of Josephus that the Pharisees bring Jesus' brother up onto the top of the temple, and they say in front of everyone, they gather everyone in Jerusalem around, and they're like, James, we watched you publicly deny that he was Christ, yet now you're one of his bishops. Tell everyone the truth. And, Jesus, and James says, I cannot say anything but that Jesus was the Christ and he sits at the right hand of God now. And the people were uproared. The Pharisees kicked him off this five-story building and he dies. He believed and he didn't believe in a fairy tale. He didn't believe in a legend. He saw the risen Christ and having that reaction with the, the risen Christ dramatically changed the trajectory of his life. And that same thing can happen to each and every single one of us when we say, you know what? I believe. Now take control. And so I, I just want to encourage you guys with that tonight. I know it's a, a little bit shorter of a message, um, but but Jesus uh, is alive. Uh, the grave did not hold him. And, uh, and now we can have new life uh, in Jesus as well. Let's pray. Uh, dear God, we just thank you. Uh, you loved us. You sent your son on the greatest rescue mission uh, of history to save us um, God you love the world so much God uh, you became man and you uh, and you lived a sinless life and you gave your life on a cross so that we could uh, we, we could be made at one with you 
your blood atoning for our sins. Um, we've been justified uh, in you. Uh, God, and we pray that you would continue to sanctify us. God, that you would continue to make us more and more uh, into the people uh, that you have created us to be. Uh, God, we thank you that you rose from the dead. And that uh, in, in your resurrection, we can have new life. Uh, as we die to ourselves, as as we lay aside the sin and the, and the things that so e uh, e easily trap us, uh, and God, we say we want to move forward towards you. Uh, God, we thank you that you give us new life. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit uh, who leads us to you. God, who fills us up uh, and empowers us to live our lives for you. Uh, so God, we just thank you and we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.